With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I love to listen in the morning. Jimmy Lakey on the radio. I got my coffee and cream. Jimmy's on the air. Wake up and start your day. Jimmy this morning from Complete Colorado. Here's Sherry Pife on 600 KCOL. Welcome back. Sherry Pife in for Jimmy Lakey. Yes, investigative reporter, Complete Colorado. It is the final hour of the day. Still a jam-packed show. I have Weld County Sheriff Steve Reams on hold. Um, Steve, I'll be with you just shortly. I wanted to touch base one last little bit that um, with Taylor, my friend Taylor Hall. She had something she wanted to add, and I want her to add it because I think her story was extremely important to tell, and I'm glad she came on and told it. What was it you were going to say when we went off air, Taylor? Hey, Sherry. So I want to apologize first that I was talking so fast earlier. No, you're um, fine. You're I realized fine. that this still makes me anxious when I start talking about this because it was very disturbing experience. Um, but I guess real quick what I'd like to say is that uh, Katharina, she, who was our tour guide over there, the following morning when I did talk to her, she said she apologizes because she did not realize that I had, quote, insurance, unquote. Had I had insurance, the, hospital, or the hotel would have sent me to the private health care. And she had said in Greece, um, since they went to the... Uh, you know, free healthcare system, only 10% of the population are considered the elite and they have um, what's considered adequate healthcare. The 90% of the population over there is under free healthcare. So um, because of this, um, they have no record that I was even there for a visit. They put down my first name and my last name. They took no insurance cards, no address. They have no history of my medical history. And because of that, I couldn't read the antibiotics of what they were, and I ended up having allergic reactions and further problems where I had to seek medical care when we got to the cruise ship. I was going to say, I remember then when we got to the cruise ship, we actually, and that physician on that cruise ship was um, from Russia, and I yeah. remember having conversations with him about the Greek healthcare system, and I had also mentioned earlier in the show today that the Greek health system was about 85 to 90% public free health care and about another 10 to 15% of, of private insurance care. Um, and that, and that's only been within the past few years that hasn't even been, um, that, that hasn't been, um, standard. So, but you're right. And absolutely. And I thank you so much for sharing your story. Cause I guess the point was I wanted um, people to understand exactly what free health care can and does look like in countries that offer it, um, from somebody who experienced it firsthand. And I, you know, I'm still sad that you had to go through what you went through, but, 
um, it's it knowing what is over there and and like I said, this isn't a third world country. This is Athens, no. Greece. You know where. Um, yes, there had they had some financial problems, but their financial problems had nothing to do with their healthcare system. Um, thank so, you for coming on. I appreciate it. I am going to hang up on you now and move on to well, County Sheriff Steve Reams. But I do appreciate it, and um, we will talk soon. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks, Taylor. Have a good day. Mm-hmm, bye bye. And moving forward, boy, I've never done that quite so quickly. Sheriff Reams, are you there? I'm here. Hey, sorry for keeping you on hold a little longer than normal. I uh, was trying to wrap up a se- I packed the show today with people, and I was trying to wrap up that segment with my friend Taylor. Um, I don't know if you heard the whole stuff from the very beginning, but she had quite the adventure in Greek free health care when we went to Athens a couple years ago. And after last night's debate, which is why you're here, I had to talk free health care. So how'd you like that debate? <laughs> Well, you know, I posted something on Facebook on my personal page last night. I think the best way to describe that is a dumpster fire. I I saw that. That was that was hysterical. And you know, we chatted a little bit afterwards. And I, you know, I got to ask you: Did were you were you online when they were you listening in to the debate when they were talking when um, uh, Elizabeth Warren said that the first responsibility is to keep ourselves and our nation safe? But hey, we are not going to shoot that that nuclear bomb until somebody shoots at us first. Did you hear that? Yeah, I did. And uh, you know, the, <laughs> I don't. I can't rationalize a lot of what was said last night. And it, you know, the the whole idea, the whole concept with Elizabeth Warren seems to be that we can we can talk our way to safety. Uh, you know, we can we can always be on the defensive. Uh, and still be a safe country, you know, we're, we're going to, I think that extends over to the way they expect law enforcement to react to. We're, we're going to always be in a defensive posture instead of uh, a posture where we go out and, and look for the person who's causing harm to our country or our communities. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, well, that's exactly statement. Yeah, and that's exactly what I equated it to earlier in the show was the gun-free zones. You know, we're going to have the nuke-free zones. You know, we're not gonna, we're not going <laughs> to nuke you until you nuke us. You know, because we're still going to be here after you nuke us to be able to nuke you. But it, I equated it to yeah, the gun-free zone, um, and, and it just it just made me laugh. And which goes back to, you know, what you just kind of said, and another thing that I found just hysterical with um, Mayor Buttigieg. Oh, and I said I was going to say this correctly, and now I can't do it again. (laughs) Buttigieg, or however you pronounce it now. um, He said last night that 80 to 90% of Americans want universal background checks on guns. Did you hear that? Am I living in a different land? Explain that. I've heard that I've heard that spewed several times, and that's kind of a talking point for people who are who are all about gun confiscation. The problem is, you know, you, you can say those things, and you say, okay, well, eighty to ninety percent of Americans, or whatever statistic they throw out, you know, agree on universal background checks. One, no one's ever defined what a universal background check really means. Um, and two, I think most people believe that the background check they go through to buy a gun right now is a universal background check. 
So it's not that they're asking for something that's more extreme or more uh, invasive. They're, most people would believe that, hey, what I've gone through is, quote, unquote, a universal background check. They're looking to see if I have a criminal history. They're looking to see if, you know, if I'm uh, mentally stable uh, or if I've been adjudicated as non-mentally stable. That That's what happens now. So I don't know what you would change. I don't know how you make this universal more than what it already is. So it's a very misleading statement to make because, again, I think most of the the gun-owning American population would say, well, I did go through a universal background check. They, it's, it's virtually the same wherever I would go to buy the gun, so therefore it's universal. It's just, it's a very misleading statement. Well, and, and right after that, in the very same breath, you know, 80 to 90 percent of Americans also favor red flag laws. Apparently, he didn't call you on that one, and well, apparently, and he didn't check that, with Colorado on that one. Yeah, so that's the same. That's that's using the same data. Hey, we don't want nobody wants a crazy person to have a gun. I, I think universally, we can all agree that if you are deemed to be a, a true danger to yourself or others, where you know you you can't you can't control yourself, you can't uh, function in a normal society, well, then we don't want to turn around and give you a gun. But that's the problem, is that red flag laws don't address that. They just make the link. Politicians will very easily make the link that, hey, red flag laws are designed to keep mentally ill people from having guns. The problem is that none of those laws actually go down that path. I mean, it sounds great, and if, if you don't take the time to go in and read a law or understand how a law in a particular state works, and you just listen to what politicians tell you, then yeah, it, it sounds great. It's just, in fact, that's not exact. That's not what happens. Uh, those two things couldn't be more disconnected um, than what than where they are right now. Perfect. And you know what? Do you can you hang on for another segment when we come back? I want to talk about Elizabeth Warren, um, if you don't mind, and your take on her, and some of the other stuff that she said last night. That <laughs> Absolutely. Just, that just yeah, dumpster fire was a really good way to put it. Cool. When we come back, we'll have more with Well County Sheriff Steve Reams. Sherry Pife in for Jimmy Lakey, 600 KCOL. I'm a match. She kerosene. You know she gonna burn down everything. She lost in her pastime. This is News Talk 600 KCOL. Welcome back, 9.21. We are almost at the end of the day. Um, I, I have to laugh. You know, I joke, and I probably shouldn't joke, but I do joke. Um, I'm Every time, my life is so chaotic. I have so much going on. I do so much that I tend to have a lapse of judgment. And so I tend to call it sometimes disease. And that was kind of what just went on right now was I kind of almost forgot we were coming back on. So I apologize if you were, you know, jamming out to the music there. Last night, this is how bad it is. Last night, my son wants ribs for dinner. So I go to the store, I buy some ribs. It actually sounded pretty good. And being on my keto diet, I can actually have ribs. Uh, I go to the store and I buy some ribs and I come home and get them all seasoned up. And I cut them in half so that half the rack, he gets his barbecue sauce. And my half the rack, I get the dry rub. Get it all seasoned up, get it in the oven and raring to go and, and excited. 
And about an hour in, I go to start, you know, flipping them and putting sauce on and stuff. And I walk up to the oven and, oh, yeah, I forgot to turn the oven on. So he had butter noodles and Polish sausage for supper instead of ribs. Guess what we're having tonight? That was, so he comes upstairs. I call him and I said, hey, uh, could you come upstairs for a minute? And the debate was well in and I'm having to pause and rewind and pause and rewind because I'm trying to make dinner. And he comes upstairs and I said, yeah, we're not going to be doing ribs tonight. Um, your mom goofed. He's like, what'd you do? So I told him I forgot to turn the oven on. He stops downstairs. There's that sometimes disease again. So I even got my kid calling it. And so, yeah. So anyway, I apologize. I, I, I go off on a tangent. Welcome back to the show. Well, County Sheriff Steve Reams. How you doing? I'm doing good. <laughs> I don't have Alzheimer's disease. I think I have Alzheimer's disease. I I forget stuff all the time. Oh, it's it's amazing. I have been, you know, my world has just been so chaotic lately that I am constantly forgetting everything I do and it, and not turning on the oven last night. Are you kidding me? And letting him just sit in there for like an hour before I even realized I didn't turn on the oven. Oh, anyway, so anything pop out strange to you last night first of all you know before i go off on my elizabeth warren rant well i think if you want to define strange i think you have to look at marianne williamson I mean, that, <laughs> that's the definition of strange i i don't understand how she's on the stage um she looked possessed there. she she yeah, literally she, looked possessed when she talked she is um she's out there she's she's way out there um but you know what i thought was kind of um I guess the thing that kind of struck me as odd was the imbalance of time that was given uh, to all the candidates. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think Governor Hickenlooper, former Governor Hickenlooper, was probably uh, the biggest victim of that, if you will. Uh, he didn't force himself. He didn't uh, He didn't try to jump into a lot of conversations. And, um, you know, I, I, I thought it was weird at how little they were trying to balance uh, balance the time given. So it, it, it seemed to work against Hickenlooper, and then it, when he did get a chance to talk, he really stepped away from the talking points that he had used before. He didn't talk about being a capitalist. He he really kind of tried to find uh, tried to find a way to hide almost, and, and that seemed odd. And then of course Elizabeth Warren was uh, the time hog, uh, and she used racial in front of everything I could, oh. could possibly think of. I don't know what an environmental racist is. <laughs> Um, I don't know what an economic racist is, but she used that term uh, over and over and over again, and uh, that was mind-boggling to me as well. I, I don't understand even how you link some of those terms together. Right, and we were talking about that off-air during the commercial break, too. And, you know, back to Hickenlooper really quick, and I had said earlier in the show, I agree. The the time the time allotment is just out of control, and Warren had to be told to shut up. I don't know how. I mean, all but one time, she literally had to be told her time was up, and she would continue to talk over them she clearly wasn't paying attention to the rules i think the moderator said to her numerous occasions please follow the rules please follow the rules yeah this is the woman i want as my president but you know she wouldn't she wouldn't stop talking but to the hickenlooper comment um he you know he clearly was a victim of it but he actually got more talking time last night than he even did in the first one and you know i think and 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 i say this seriously because he actually looked like the sane one on stage last night. You know, <laughs> he looks like a conservative compared yeah, to the rest of them. Exactly. Um, even though he didn't say much last night, he backed away from being the capitalist. Um, yeah, he he looks 
he looks like a moderate by far compared to the rest of them on the stage. Absolutely. You know, I, and to your, to your Warren statement, we were just talking about this. Um, you know, her comments when she talks about white supremacy being domestic terrorism, I actually said, okay, yeah, I can agree with that. You know, I think white supremacy could be a form of domestic terrorism. Sure. Okay, whatever. But then she goes on to say that the president is advancing environmental racism, economic racism, criminal justice racism, Healthcare racism. What is that? Does she not know the definition of the word racism? How do we just put racism behind every bullet point that we're campaigning on on our platform? I don't even understand where she was going with that. But well, in, in 2019, the fact that we're talking that we're making presidential races about racism is concerning to me at best. You would think we were past. Uh, rehashing these things, uh, you know, there, there's a point where, yes, that's a part of our history. That's a part of uh, the forming of the United States. That, you know, it's it's that that thing that we don't want to to talk about. It's that thing that is part of our history. But the more we generate that that topic, the more that just furthers the problem. And uh, you know, I don't I don't know where Elizabeth Warren was going with the the term racism, but she she found a way to inject it in every comment she made it seemed like oh all night long and you know her idea for two tr- God, every time i say this i just the hair stands up on my neck two trillion dollars to study climate change our entire federal debt just the federal portion of it is 16 trillion dollars so two trillion one eighth of our federal debt she wants to add to that one-eighth more to study climate change. How much more do we have to study climate change? I, well, and what do you get from a study? You know, do you get an actionable thing that you can do? And, um, you know, is it really the role of government to, do, to conduct studies? I, you know, I, I agree with you. But if you listen to her and Bernie Sanders, they were coming up with all kinds of fascinating ways to spend your money, to spend our money. Uh, and those fascinating ways didn't seem to be uh, helping to make the, the country better. It seemed to be, uh, you know, basically giving away free stuff to help get them elected. Oh, and I don't even think they even realize what they're giving away. Because at one point she was talking about, uh, Warren was talking about universal tuition-free college. Okay, right. universal tuition-free college. And then in the next breath said, and I want to increase the Pell Grants. Why do you have to increase the Pell Grants if everybody now gets free college? Right. You don't. Uh, you yeah. don't need to do both. If you're giving college away, you don't need to increase the Pell Grants, and you don't need to give fifty million dollars or fifty billion dollars to black colleges, which I guess, by the way, might be educational racism. I, I, I don't know. Well. It, it became very clear last night that they all had, you know, talking points they wanted to hit. You know, they, they wanted to get these key phrases out. And sometimes, you know, they had 30 or 40 seconds to talk, so they threw in a bunch of those key phrases all at the same time. And sometimes those things uh, kind of opposed one another. Um, yeah, there wasn't a lot, of, a lot of substance to the answers last night. Again, this was all about shock value. Who can, you know, who can become the most known person on the stage? And uh, because of that, you know, they said a lot of a lot of things that just made zero sense. Um, exactly, and yeah, exactly Bernie why Sanders, I normally don't watch these. Yeah, well, and Bernie Sanders basically sounded like the get off my lawn, uh, <laughs> the get off my lawn guy on the block. Uh, I, I don't know how much longer anybody can tolerate him. So, oh, it's going to be an interesting showdown to the end. 
you know, round two tonight. Not sure I'm going to be watching that one since I'm not on the radio tomorrow. But, you know, I, I'll have to tune in for a little bit of it because Camilla Harris is going to be on. And I'm sure we're going to have, you know, given away many more free things with her on. So we'll have to see what happens. But I appreciate your time. It is Ryan here. And I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I'm Steve. Is there anything else that you want to throw in or add? Well, I guess what I'll say is when this is the thing that, uh, you know, we're watching one of these debates and considering these people as actual leaders of our free country, uh, there's no there's no better reason to understand why elections matter. And it, tuning into it is painful, but you need to know uh, who's running your government. And sometimes it's an eye-opener. Absolutely, you're correct. Now you're going to make me watch this again tonight because you just guilted me into it. <laughs> Thank you, Sheriff. You have a great rest of your day. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Sherry. (laughs) Bye-bye. Listen to News Talk 600 KCOL anywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome back. We are closing in on the end of my show today. I want to thank you all for being with me. I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, It's always fun to fill in for Jimmy and uh, come come hang out with you guys. Uh, I, well, County Sheriff Steve Reams, I guess, has guilted me into watching the debate again tonight. No, I'm just joking. I probably will watch anyway. But um, it's been fun. I've, you know, first time I've filled in for a radio talk show host following a major presidential debate. There was so much last night. I wish I could gotten to all of it and more of it. But thank you to Sheriff Reams for coming on and talking with me about it. And thanks to all of my guests today for coming on. And I have one guest left. And that would be Mesa County Commissioner Chairwoman Rose Puglisi. Rose, are you there? Yes. Good morning, Sherry. How good. are you? I'm doing good. Good morning to you. I hope things are well out there in Mesa County. We are hanging in. Nice. Really good stuff happening out here. Nice. I don't know if, you, if you've heard the show at all today but or if you heard what was going to happen, but I know you and Weld County Commissioner Chairwoman Barbara Kirkmeyer are good friends, and she announced this morning her intent to run for Senate District 23 on the show. So I have. Well, that's very exciting for Colorado. Yeah. Uh, you know, she, and she said that she remembers exactly when she decided she had originally was going to retire and play with her grandchildren, but on March 6th, when they had the first hearing for Senate Bill 181, that was when she said, no, I got, I got to continue helping because it's just, it's just enough. So, yep, she announced this morning, and that'll be the next campaign, I guess, that gets up and goes. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> well, I hope to help her on that one as well. Awesome. So the reason you're here, you got a big day tomorrow. Um, you are turning in the national popular vote petitions to put it on the ballot and make sure that Coloradans get a chance to decide whether or not they lose their right to vote. Fill me in. Absolutely. How's it going? Yeah, it's been really exciting. Um, you know, the grassroots movement has been really amazing about this, and I've been involved in the grassroots um, since I started getting involved in politics over a decade ago. And um, what's been really amazing to me is that the momentum for this effort never slowed down. I mean, from the excitement we had and the people and the lines, 
um, that we had in the very beginning. We continue to have those lines. Um, I spent this week going door-to-door to people who had not yet signed, um, but really, really wanted to make sure their voices were heard. So um, it's been a really incredible movement. Tell me, you had about six months to gather these, right? No, so we started March 16th. So, so um, About four months, I guess. Four yeah, or five about months. Four months. Four or five months. And how many signatures do you think you're going to be turning in tomorrow? So we will have our big announcement on um, the number of signatures we have, at least as of right now, um, at 2 o'clock today on our Facebook page, Colorado and Vote. Nice. So we hope that um, everybody will go and take a look at our numbers. But, um, you know, we... We had uh, about 185,000, but the petition packets keep coming in. Um, it, they, they just they don't stop coming, which is fantastic. <laughs> so we have been frantically counting signatures for the last um, you know month at least, trying to get our numbers. So we will have a better number this afternoon. And uh, yep, ask everybody to join us at two o'clock and you on said Facebook on your Facebook. And what is that Facebook page titled? It's Coloradans Vote. Okay. Um, you know, talking about the the number of signatures and the momentum, was this an entire volunteer effort, or did you pay for any of the signatures, or how did that work? We did have them. Um, so most of it was grassroots, and um, and we, we had over 2,200 grassroots volunteers circulating petitions um, that we know of. So um, this was definitely predominantly grassroots. We did have a canvassing firm help us as well. You know, we wanted... To make sure this got on the ballot and we didn't want to take any chances right and i guess i asked because i was just kind of comparing to the recall polis campaign you know such a daunting daunting task to gather nine hundred thousand signatures that i kind of wanted to put it into perspective with what you guys did you know you gathered almost two hundred thousand in almost four months or four or five months using almost double the number of petitioners that Polis Campaign says they have out there. It'll be interesting to see if the momentum, you know, the anecdotal stuff that I get from the Polis Campaign people is extremely is extremely good. We'll see if that momentum can keep up for 60 full days to get the signatures that they need. But wow, what a daunting task. And I was just trying to do some comparison with what you guys gathered as well. Um, what's the plans for the for tomorrow? What are you guys going to do? Um, so we will have media availability starting at noon tomorrow, and then um, we will, uh, Mayor Wilson and I will both be in Denver to uh, turn in all of the signatures that we have to the Secretary of State's office. Have you picked a time or, uh, I mean, uh, anything specific? Um, I think our team is working on that. I know it'll be sometime in the afternoon. And are you going to be carrying in, I mean, how many boxes is it going to take for you guys to carry in these petitions? <laughs> It will probably be a lot of boxes, um, you know, uh, housing 185,000 plus signatures. Um, I think we'll, we'll, ha- we'll make a few trips, but, um, but it's been really great. And, you know, what I really love about this effort is that it really truly has been nonpartisan. Um, we've had uh, Republicans and Democrats and unaffiliated all circulating petitions. And I think that's what makes this movement a little bit different is that, you know, we were all together pushing in the same direction because people's votes are so personal and it's not really a partisan issue to keep your vote in Colorado. Yeah. Have you had any um, anybody uh, reach out to you guys from outside of the state where legislatures there have also passed similar measures and they're frustrated? Have you heard anything? 
We have, actually. Um, we have received calls from Oregon and um, Pennsylvania, um, all saying, how can we push back? And, you know, we are so fortunate to live in Colorado because we have the ability to repeal a law that we don't like through a citizen initiative process. Um, not every state has that ability. Um, but it's been, you know, I think that this movement will really um, show other states and people in other states um, that they can um, voice their opinions and fight for their votes. And, you know, prior to this whole thing, you know, you were, well, you were, I was going to say Weld County Commissioner. No, you were not a Weld County Commissioner. Um, <laughs> you were Mesa County Commissioner Rose Puglisi. Everybody in Mesa County, Grand Junction area knew you, knew what you were doing. Um, you've kind of become a media darling. You've spent a lot of time talking to all of us and working the, working the national popular vote thing. It's had to have taken up a ton of your time outside of your day job, which is running Mesa County. And um, if you had to do it all over again, would you would you still put in the time and energy that you did to this campaign? You know, it's so funny. I talk to uh, Mayor Wilson and um, and our team often, and I tell them how grateful I have been um, that we we chose to move forward with this movement. Um, I mean, just the amount of people it's inspired to get engaged um, on a grassroots level has been amazing. And so, no, there's not a thing I would do different. I'm just so grateful for the opportunity to help lead this effort. Perfect. So 2 o'clock today, Coloradans vote on Facebook. I will put a link to your Facebook page up on my Facebook page, Complete Sherry, so oh, that people can go there and find out exactly how many signatures. And you needed about 125,000 confident right. that you obviously that you have those and and that this will be now this will be 2020 election correct yep it'll be on the 2020 ballot and obviously we're not taking anything for granted so um the secretary of state still needs to certify uh the question to the ballot based on our signatures so we are really excited at the amount of signatures we have and what will turn in but we're not taking anything for granted and how long before you know whether or not um it's sufficient so I believe the Secretary of State has 15 days, but um, I'd have to check on that number. This is still a little bit new to me. Perfect. Well, I thank you. Congratulations on what looks to be a successful campaign. And maybe, uh, you know, you can get back to a little bit of normal normal life for a while until the campaign kicks in and you have to start educating people. <laughs> but, Absolutely. And then you'll go and back to more. We... <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm... Go ahead. Yes. No, it's just great that we have um, a year and a half to educate people on the importance of the Electoral College, what their votes mean, and how important it is to keep those votes in Colorado. So that will be a, a huge undertaking, and we'll need everyone to help us um, continue to push this forward. Absolutely. Perfect. Thank you, Rose, as always. Thank and you, Sherry. have a good rest of your afternoon. Oh, thank you. You as well. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Filling in for Jimmy this morning from Complete Colorado, here's Sherry Pipe on 600 KCOL. The final little sec, 10 minutes, I guess, of the show. It's been wonderful to be with all of you. Um, Had a great time today. Thanks to all of my guests who came on from Commissioner Kirkmeyer, Commissioner uh, Puglisi, Sheriff Reams, Taylor Hall, uh, Michael Fields, thank you to all of you for coming on this morning and filling my show with so much information. 
Um, it's been great. Jimmy will be back next week. I think Karen Cataline is in tomorrow and Friday. And then Steve Laffey will be in on Monday with you. And so I'm sure Karen will pick up tomorrow with the presidential debate where I left off um, and fill you in on the fun happenings that take place tonight. Although she won't get Elizabeth Warren. So <laughs> no, sorry, I didn't go there. Um, but just to wrap up a little bit, some more thoughts from last night's debate. I agree with Sheriff Reams 100%. One of the things that makes it so important, our right to vote. Um, you know, and we just talked to Rose Puglisi about t- getting back our national or getting back our, uh, our electoral college and not doing the national popular vote is we really do. You really do need to watch these elections because you need to know what you're voting for. You need to know what they want and, and what they're, what they're looking, what they're looking for. Um, it's a philosophical difference. It's a huge philosophical difference. I have two very dear friends out there who are registered Democrats, um, very strong progressives. We'll be spending actually some time with them this weekend, um, not talking politics, um, who are big Elizabeth Warren fans. And so I'm really kind of glad that we have about three days in between my show today and our card night Saturday night so that maybe we um, don't have to talk about Elizabeth Warren. But uh, that's you do need to watch the debate. And And last night's debate was a huge philosophical difference from what I hold. Um, we still live in a capitalist country. We have always lived in a capitalist country and I support capitalism. I don't support socialism. I, you know, we are already so in debt and we already have such a huge deficit. Free Medicare for all, free college for all, free everything for all. It's nice. Would I love to live in a system where we could afford to send every kid to college for free? I absolutely would. I have a 22 year old who is just basically gone through school. He's got one semester left before he graduates with his bachelor. And then he's going to move on to his master's. And then he's going to move on to his doctorate. Um, and that takes money. And, you know, I went through college and it took money. Um, and we got through college the best we could on Pell Grants and scholarships and athletic scholarships. And we did what we needed to do. And we loaned what we needed to loan. Um, and it would have been really great not to have to do any of that. But when you consider free college for all, somebody just said a minute ago, and it was a perfect example, it would just be an extension of high school. Um, and it would be another burden on society that doesn't, that isn't, not everybody wants to go to college. College isn't for everybody. You know, um, there's trade schools, there's jobs, you know, there's jobs out there that you don't even need to go to trade school for that pay good money. Um and we just don't, I, I just don't see where it's going to come from. You can say you're going to tax the top 1%. You can say you're going to do this. You can say you're going to do that. The money's not there. And then you add to that free Medicare um, or free health insurance for all. No, you're going to drive. It's, it's, a, it's a vicious circle. I think Taylor Hall spoke about it best. You know, Greece is definitely having its economic issues. And free health care for all may have played into part of that. Uh, it's, but it's a domino cycle, you know, and it, and what these folks are prescribing that we do while they are niceties and while it would be great to have them, we can't afford them. There is no way to logically pay for them without sending our country to bankruptcy. So you need to see what they're talking about. You need to see what they want. I urge you to watch tonight's debate, even if you didn't watch last night's. Um, and, and move forward on that. You know, just a couple of other notes from 
um, last night's debate, you know, Bernie Sanders talked about right now there are 87 million Americans that are either uninsured or underinsured. How? We have Obamacare. I don't understand how this happened. Wasn't Obamacare supposed to solve all that problem? How do we end up with another 87 million Americans uninsured? So in addition to insuring those, he wants to ensure the illegal immigrants that are coming in. And I don't mind using that word illegal, by the way, because it is illegal. And they are immigrants or aliens or whatever you want to call them. It's illegal to cross this border without a plan, without legal steps in place. Once you get here and you're not supposed to be here, yep, you can be detained and you can be sent home. That's why it's illegal. Do we decriminalize that? Do we not decriminalize that? It's a, it's a crime. I can't go to any 90% of any other country in this world can I step into and not come home and not get in trouble for being there. That's why we have visas. That's why we have passports is so countries can control their population. There was just something on the news the other day about the, the, meat supply is going to run out in like 10 years or something because there's not enough cattle to supply what we currently have in the United States meat for like another 10 years. I can't remember the exact dates, but it was all the meat supply is going to dry up. So what happens when we just open our borders and we stop and we decriminalize people coming over here without supposing to be here? Every country controls population. We need to control population here as well. And if you come and you don't come the right way, you need to be deported back. That That is just what it is. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing racist about that. You know what? If you come here from England and you're a white English resident and you come here from England and you don't come the right way, you need to be deported back. Obeying the laws of this land are not racist. They are obeying the laws of this land. Um, so when I hear, the like Sheriff Reem said last night, the term racism get thrown around like it's a party. Everything that came out of everybody's mouth last night was racism this, racism that, racism. Not everything's racism. In fact, probably a very small percentage of stuff is racism. That term has become so used that it's become watered down and people have become it have become um, deaf to it. And we need to go back to using it for what it really is intended to be used for, not for um, sound bites at a debate where you can't get a whole lot out about what you really believe in in the first place. Um, that's it for me for the day. I can't, again, cannot tell you how much fun it was to be here. You can find me on social media Facebook, Complete Sherry, Twitter, Complete Sherry. My stories and whatnot are up on Complete Colorado, page two, um, along with my colleagues and a lot of other original reporting and commentary. Um, It has been great. And until next time, have a great rest of your week. She sat right down on the sofa, said, where have you been? I've been waiting for you. Because last night I had some soul. And I got nothing to do I've been hanging around this town corner I've been bumming around Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.